Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. You are now listening to episode 164. This will be the review of Group 2 play, or Round 2, of the group stage for the World Cup here. Uh, Zach is not present here, but Evan is making his return. Uh, Real quick, Evan, so far, what's your World Cup experience been like? I mean, it's been good. I've watched pretty much every game. I think there's a couple of the 5 a.m. games that I've just missed out on, like, the first half. But I've been waking myself up pretty early to catch these games. Uh, First impression, I would... My first initial impression was, you know, England are definitely offensively a little bit more put together than I would have predicted. Um, The 6-2 win versus Iran was an eye-opener for sure. The crumbling of Argentina against Saudi Arabia was an eye-opener as well. Obviously, both of those teams have had different results since those initial uh, matchups as well. Argentina with the Dos Acero against Mexico, and then England with the nil-nil draw against the U.S. Um, But to be honest with you, other than that, I think things are pretty much going how I expected. Qatar are really bad. Poland not getting a, a great run in here. They look okay. I was a bit surprised about Germany. Um, you know, Japan beat them late 2-1. Zach mentioned my mentioning of their discipline. It, it really was that sort of game. And they managed to edge them. Uh, I thought that was a fantastic game. The Spain 7 against Costa Rica was awesome too. Any of those games where you're getting 5-6-7 to six to seven goals uh, are typically a fun watch, even if it's a route. And it always is a route, to be honest, if they're scoring 7 goals. But... Um, that team looks really good. Their 1-1 draw against Germany, I thought, was a bit of a rubber match, but was really entertaining to watch just because of how many you know things are on the line there. So I think it's been a good World Cup so far. Some of the officiating uh, has been a touch suspect, but you know what are you going to do? I guess that's sort of just part of the game. We see suspect refereeing in the prim every week. Um, nothing really new, but a lot of penalties, dude. More penalties in this tournament than I can remember in any other World Cup or Euro or even Copa America. Like It is fucking crazy how many penalties we're getting. We're getting like two penalties per match day. So you know, you're getting a 50% chance of a penalty being called in your game that's kind of crazy um so yeah i mean it's it's been really entertaining there's some extremely interesting matchups that we're going to get into here and we've had a couple of really awesome games already yeah and even all the penalties they've given the conversion rate hasn't been the best either I've seen right a lot right of misses which has been wild but yeah uh so far there's only three teams that have qualified for the knockout round france brazil and portugal after today Um, So their spots are secure, but everybody else, it's a dogfight now, which is a good thing. You don't want uh, a lot of these matches not to mean anything at this point. So just like uh, in the last one, what Zach and I did, we're going to go group by group, talk about the matches and talk about what needs to happen for each team to potentially move on or to potentially fall out. So starting out there, Group A, we saw the first game in in Friday at 8 a.m. We saw Senegal get a big win over Qatar 3-1. Qatar got their first ever goal in the World Cup. Uh, It was nice to see for them. Didn't want to see them go the whole tournament without scoring. But Senegal overpower them, get a much-needed three points, and put them in a a very tough matchup against Ecuador at the end tomorrow. They need a a win to get in now. So uh, what did you think about this game and Senegal going forward? I mean, Senegal just, like, 
this like you said straight up overpowered Qatar Qatar is very messy at the back or was rather uh we don't really need to talk about them in the present tense because they are going to be eliminated nope. but they are just so just discombobulated at the back and a Senegal team who has a bit of age to be honest with you um, and certainly more structure than the Qatar team is always going to best them. I didn't necessarily think it would be a 3-1 game, and the goals did come late, we should say, uh, but a really solid performance, I thought, from Senegal, and I will say I think that they're playing pretty decent without um, without Mane. I think this team would be really, really threatening if they had Mane in there, but uh dia has been okay he looked pretty good in this game they got a goal from uh, diedu as well and then bamba Dieng, who i think uh came on late so good performance they're getting goals uh qatar are not a challenging team to beat but um it's good that that they're gonna get that point there those three points from that game that's that's what you have to do in these when you have the chance to overpower a team to just outplay them then you need to take advantage of it and they got all three so i think a, a good match from them but not the most entertaining watch yeah qatar first team to fall out of the tournament uh impossible for them to move on now in their last game against the dutch uh, where Senegal, I, I think I saw Senegal in all matches in the World Cup. They've never kept a clean sheet. So That's right. Um, and that kind of shows with Mendy's form. Mendy's been a little shaky in this World Cup, carrying it over it from the club. It doesn't look very good. And we, they move on to play Ecuador now, who got a strong result here in the following match against the Netherlands, which as the, that game went on, Ecuador looked like they got more and more of a grasp on the game. So uh, Ecuador and Netherlands are top of the group now, both on four points. Netherlands, like we mentioned, have a much easier matchup against Qatar, so potentially they're in. So it comes down to this Ecuador-Senegal game. So um, who do you see being the stronger team? And also, I guess, your, your take on that match there against the Dutch. Uh, I think the Dutch will probably be the better team in this one. I do worry about them a bit because they've been... I don't want to say shaky, but they're lacking like a number nine up top. It's been Gakpo pretty much running the show for the Netherlands. Um, everything has come down to him. You're, they're putting him up top with like Bergvine, and then we saw Klassen start the first game and then come on, I believe. Did he start? He must have started both games, but that's just not really good enough. Um, we're not seeing Depay or anybody like that sort of start up top and really give you uh, a, a good run. Um, and I just think the Netherlands are going to struggle a bit against uh, a Senegal team who are actually firing up top. So I don't know. I, I think that one could be tough. Netherlands on paper, definitely more quality, should probably get the result, but who knows. Yeah, and um, yeah, Klaassen started in this game, came off the bench in the first, got that second goal over uh, Qatar. Um, Enter Valencia back another here. So he's tied top with Mbappe for golden boot with three. Um, Gakpo as well as you mentioned have a breakout tournament so far and yeah I'm looking at their team their their depth up top isn't the best but it's tough yeah both games, it's... both games they brought on Vekhorst off the bench uh, they gave more minutes to Depay here he played the whole second half he's coming back from like a hammy injury so I think the, as the tournament goes and if they can make it through to the knockout round he'll get more and more involved but yeah this was a kind of a scare for them only one shot on target to Ecuador's four total ecuador with 15 the netherlands two uh yeah. the dutch with more <laughs> possession but yeah there was seeming like ecuador had more fire obviously they have a young younger team uh center mid mendez in the middle 
picks up his second yellow, so he won't be able to play in that much, much important Senegal game where all they need is a point. Um, but I think they'll have enough just to get one over Senegal there. So um, it's, it's all to play for tomorrow for Group A. As well, Group B, we saw Wales lose 2-0 to Iran in the opening game yeah. here for the second game match day. Um, both goals coming after the red card to Wayne Hennessy in the 86th minute. Uh, 98th minute winner, the latest winner in a World Cup history. Uh, and then the second in the 101st minute. Um, were you surprised that Iran had, even before the red card, they were dominating this game? Is it more shock- yeah. Is it more shocking to you how bad Wales have been playing? Or has Iran been a positive surprise for you in this tournament after that England result? Well, I think it's a bit of both. To be honest with you, I think it is a bit shocking that Wales have been so bad because they... It's shocking and it's not because if you look at their lineup, they're literally playing one midfielder. Like, everybody else is a fucking fullback um, besides Bale and Kiefer Moore. But it's just like, I don't understand how... The U.S. drew that team. Yeah, I I just don't understand it because I know that the U.S. are much better than Iran, and Iran got the result two nil. I know it came after the red card and all of that shit, but Wales were shockingly bad here. Like they were really bad. Bale is he does nothing, yeah. absolutely nothing. Um, Kiefer Moore has by far been the better player up top for them. Uh, we saw the impact he made in the first match against the U.S., and then I think he was better than Bale on this one, too. That's not saying much, but, um, yeah, they got totally outclassed, outfought. Um, Iran got a goal from the bench and a goal from the right back. Like, it's just, it's bad news, man. Wales, definitely the worst team in this group because Iran at least fight a bit. Um, we saw them even fight a bit with uh, with England, despite that being like a 7-2 match. Iran do have some... It's not even quality up top. They do with Taremi, but like they're they're much better up top than they are in the midfield and at the back. That's where the shakiness comes from for them. So I was definitely shocked with this result for sure. But they were so much better than Wales. Wales just going forward. So I don't know. It's you know it's a bit of both here. Yeah, they're the highest ranked team in the FIFA rankings in Asia, twentieth, which is pretty close to the U.S., who I believe are sixteenth. Um, I think this is the highest-ranked group overall in the tournament uh, collectively there, all, all four teams around that top 20-25 area. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, Iran are, are okay to give up the ball. Wales here, 62, 62% possession. Uh, you know, and Iran's still getting six shots on target and 21 in total um, in the whole match. But it's this stat line is going to be similar to the U.S. here, possession-wise, I think. If, if the U.S. don't get an early goal, meaning in the first half, I think we're going to have to really kind of send it a bit uh, because it's a must-win game for the U.S. Uh, speaking for Iran, all they need is a point and for Wales not to win, and they will be through, I think, to the, to the knockout round for the first time, potentially. Um, and for Wales, they need a, a big story to happen. They need to beat England, and then they need uh, the Iran to and U.S. Ornell. to draw, I think that is, so... Um, very unlikely. They have the smallest percentage to get out of this group, but mathematically it still is possible. But like you said, I mean, the way they've been playing is really bad, and they're going to come up against an England team who still kind of need a result, um, but not necessarily. They're in the safest position. So um, all to play for still. And then in the other game, we saw England and the U.S. 
the most hyped game I thought so far this tournament, obviously due to the U.S. media pushing it and that. And it went to a nil-nil, one of the most consistent uh, scoreline after this tournament. I believe it was like the sixth or seventh game to end a nil-nil. But it was an entertaining one. One shot on target to the U.S., to England's three. Possession more in England's favor slightly. Um, but you would say the U.S. kind of deserved it a little bit more um, at the end. The U.S. kind of played a 4-4-2 system. It was nice to see the little change from Greg. I think that's something we all been talking about. Um, after the Wales match, we kind of played the same way and didn't really react to their subs. He kind of did the same thing here. He saved Dest and McKinney, trying not to get yellows to miss the Iran game. And we had chances all around the field, but still lacking that dominant uh, striker presence to put the game away. So um, what do you think about this game after watching it? Did the U.S. deserve something out of it? Or has that been the story so far since qualifiers? We've been missing that main guy. Uh, well, <clears throat> I don't think you can just bring it down to one guy. I think you have to say that the U.S. have just struggled up top. It's, <laughs> excuse me. It's not even struggling going forward because the buildup in this game I thought was actually superb from the U.S. I I think that they played really well. Um, this is not the best they can play. However, it is close. I think they just need to quiet things down when they have the ball near the 18 because that's where it starts to get messy. They either lose possession or they make a poor touch and it's too far out. They can't get their body wrapped around the ball and on frame. That happened a couple times here. You know, even Pulisic, his goal that hit um, the crossbar, it's just not having the ball right where you need it to be in order to to really hit the ball as hard as you can and, and place it. There's just a youth up top and really everywhere on the pitch they they need to quiet their minds. They need to figure it out. They have to be able to finish. And we did deserve something from this game. I do think that the U.S. were actually a better team. They were certainly a better team uh, compared to expectations, you know, than than England were, in my opinion. But the point is not unfair. We weren't able to finish. And if you can't finish, you're never going to beat a team like England. It's just not going to happen. So I think... This was a much better game from the U.S. than they played against Wales. They looked more threatening. They also looked more controlled. I think the midfield looked much better. Adams was was sharp in this game. He was very troubling um, for the opposing midfield. But, yeah, I still am yearning for Brendan Aronson to be on the pitch. Uh, you can tell when he gets subbed on, the level of aggression and just will to to dispossess the other team is much higher and i think we we need to see him start i would even start him like mckinney i, I still don't know I, I like weston mckinney i think he's a really good player and i think he does deserve to be in the starting lineup but he drops in and out a lot like he drops into strange positions and he's out of position when they need to be lunging forward. Right. Uh so I just think that, you know, we might we might get something if we if we sub or either bring Aronson on early, much earlier than than when he's been getting subbed on, or start him. Um Musa was was good in this game as well. I don't think you can put Aronson up top, but I I'm yearning to see him play more. I, I was really happy with the nil-nil draw. I, I feel a little bit 
cheated just because I think that Pulisic chance was really good. But you know, I don't I don't think we can complain about nil nil to England, can we? No, undefeated in the World Cup against them now, one win, two draws. Um, yep. They can't beat us in this tournament. But I think with the Aronson thing, he could definitely start playing at that ten cam role like he does for Leeds. Uh, if we play a four two three one, you could bring a, a McKinney or a Musa off the bench the last 30 minutes to get a burst in energy if you want to change formation then if that doesn't work i think that adds some versatility in your lineup and kind of keeps the opposition on their toes in a way so um i think walker zimmerman had a better game than the last one it's still kind of shaky tim ream's been pretty dominant on the ball we saw dest have not his best game but enough to earn us a point here um Haji Wright didn't do too much and when Josh Sargent came on it was more of the same like Wales he was kind of non-existent on the touches and that couldn't really get in the game but I think in the end of the day you can think positive about the result here um you, I still kind of am reflective on the Wales game um yeah we needed three there we'd be we'd be joint top of the group there with four in a much cozier position where all we'd have to do is not lose to Iran now we have to we're in a situation where it's must win um, at least by multiple goals. We don't want to only be up 1-0 and them get them get a late equalizer, and then we're out. So um, that would be something. We, we go undefeated in the group, but still are not qualified. So that would be doomsday. <laughs> it all comes down to tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Everything's on the line. Um, Iran, like I said, all they have to do is not lose, and they're in unless Wales pull off a miracle, which isn't likely. But still, we've seen crazier things in this tournament happen. And yeah, Group B is up for grabs. So we move on to Group C, which has been very crazy, Um, topsy-turvy, if you will. You already mentioned Saudi Arabia getting that opening win against Argentina. Um, And then we saw them lose 2-0 to Poland here. Poland topped the group now. Um, Lewandowski finally scores in the World Cup, the oldest Polish player to score there at 34. And this is a shock kind of to me personally because I thought Poland would be weak. We saw them miss the penalty against Argentina. Uh, Lewandowski didn't get his chance here until the Saudi Arabia defender messed up. Service to him is so low, it's embarrassing. And they still managed to get the job done here against a Saudi team that got given Rolls Royces from the King. Um, So they were kind of just still high off that Argentina win, if you will. Poland, are they for sure through now? Or do they still have to do something here against Poland? No, I I think uh, no. Who did Poland play next? You said Argentina. Poland play sorry, Poland. sorry. Oh <laughs> uh, no, no, no. They <laughs> they still need to. I mean, I think they still need to do something. Like the, I would like to see a draw. I think they'll probably get through regardless. But um, I don't know, dude. Poland have a real <laughs> really bad track record in these tournaments. Yeah, they've got um, a curse around them. It's tough, and I do think that, that this was a good good match against Saudi Arabia. You got your goal from Lewandowski, which was nice. Um, but they still looked beatable, you know? 2-0 is, is good. It's fine. It's it's a good result. It's probably what it should be when you look at, on, you know, on the paper uh, against Saudi Arabia. But Saudi Arabia s- still out-possessed them. They had five shots on target. Poland, by no stretch, looked unbeatable in this game. And it could have very well been a a 1-1 draw so 
I think it's fine. I think Poland needs to continue if they're going to to really try and make a run at this tournament. They have to continue to perform. They need to not ease off the gas here against Argentina. And then I think, you know, then we can talk about it. But they definitely still need to get a get a result there because I don't I don't think anything's done and dusted, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't be too confident about Poland either here. No. They, they, even with the results going their way here, I think there were shaky times against a fiery Saudi team. Um, in this last game, all Poland need to do is not lose and they'll be through. Uh, Argentina, on the other hand, they could get through with a draw here as long as Mexico don't pump Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia don't get a, a result either. So uh, it's a must-win game, if you will, for both teams just to be safe. Uh, and then obviously in the other game we saw Argentina win 2-0 over Mexico another goal for Messi and then Enzo Ferrer with a banger in the 87th Mexico flopping a bit or is this right around where we thought we'd be, they would be I don't remember where I placed them in the group but this was definitely a bit of a flop uh, they are another team that struggle I mentioned it earlier from the just impotency up top sort of like how the US struggle they just do not have somebody that's going to be able to do everything for you up there. They had Vega, and actually Lozano was playing striker in this game as well, and it just was not good enough. You're going to have to pull something out of your hat to draw or win against an Argentina team who just got absolutely fucked um, against Saudi Arabia, and they weren't able to do it. And, I mean, we just witnessed absolute mastery from from none other than the goat you know i i just i don't know i i thought argentina would win i saw one and a half was on the books and i was like yeah it'll probably will be you know a two nil uh at least for argentina and that's exactly what it was so they're just better they're much more controlled argentina this mexico team does have some passion obviously they travel extremely well there's a lot of fans there but it wasn't enough to get the job done they have to be better on the pitch and they just weren't yeah we all have argentina mexico one two there nobody has poland yep. um so like i said must win game for mexico they need to pump saudi a bit uh and then saudi on the other hand uh comfortable if they get the win but i think a point could potentially get them through if poland somehow beat argentina so it, another interesting group here coming to the dead to the last day group d on the other hand comfortable for france getting a 2-1 win over denmark yep mbappe with the brace put them through they don't have to worry about their last game against tunisia which could see Giroud get a hat trick um the way yeah. they've been playing so uh christensen getting the one goal for denmark keeping it at a 1-1 match until the 86 where mbappe did get the winner with a griezmann assist france team is this this team's looking promising it's looking like a deep run once again yeah. Uh, rotated a couple players there. We saw Varane, Kunde get starts here. Uh, Giroud didn't get on the score sheet here, but had an impact in a way. Um, what's your thoughts on this France squad overall? Um, really good. I mean, when you can rely on Mbappe for the goal scoring threat, the creative threat, and then also have Griezmann, who's looked really good, may I add, in the first two matches, uh, and Dembele just. There's so much that other defenses have to mark, and they were they were never, ever, ever going to lose this game. They were never going to get fully marked. Mbappe got loose twice. 
He scored both times. Griezmann, uncovered, was able to play the ball pretty much wherever he wanted. Giroud had a couple of chances. Sitters, may I add, that he missed. Yeah. Um, this team just looks really good. I think Adrian Rabio has been, you know, one of the players of the tournament for me so far. He looks excellent in there in the center midfield. Um, <clears throat> I was a bit shocked, honestly. I am still shocked that Veron is playing. <laughs> I thought he was done. I didn't even think he was going to get to play in this tournament after how banged up he got in that United match, and he was so upset about it. But he's in. He looks okay. Um, bit surprised to see Upamecano getting the starts over Saliba. I think that's that's disrespectful. Yeah, still but, has a main appearance yet. Yeah, it's all right. They're saving him for, for when it really matters. Uh, but otherwise, I just, you know, this France team is a juggernaut, absolutely. It's, it's unfortunate that they're missing Benzema, but I think Giroud is just a player that you can put in literally any system ever, and he's going to be just a goal-scoring threat because of how good he is in the air, how clinical he is in front of the net. He's not quite a tap-in merchant, but if you give him a shot for the most part in front of the net, he's going to be able to convert for you. So I just think this France team has so many different threats. Their midfield is good. Their defense is good. Um, the only thing you have to worry about is Hugo Lloris, who continue, continually looks very, um, how should we say, beatable. Um, otherwise, you know, this France team is definitely the real deal. Yeah, they do have some decent guys on the bench there in uh... – Mendy or Mandanda and Areola. So if yeah, if push comes to shove, but credit to Denmark here, they did push France to their limits. That's kind of been their bogey team, I think. Before this game, Denmark got some uh, two wins or two results over them. So um, it's all it's all on them now to beat Australia, and they're in in the last game. Uh, and always, as we mentioned, France is playing Tunisia, who it doesn't matter what happens, they'll still finish top of the group uh, unless Australia win like six nil against Denmark. So. And yeah, in the other match, we did see Australia get a 1-0 win over Tunisia. Uh, nice goal there, Mitchell Duke. A little celebration with his son in the stands. Uh, kind of a shock result. I didn't really think Australia would pick up a win here. I thought it would be another 1-1 draw or something. But uh, Tunisia controlled more of the ball. Had a lot of uh, opportunities that, that went to waste. And uh, a, a reasonable result here for Australia, who a lot of people thought was going to get washed. Um they have a matchup against Denmark, as I mentioned. All they need is not to lose. Do they have a potential chance here against Denmark, or do you think they'll get overpowered? No, I think they will get overpowered. There's just more There's more quality in the Denmark side. But this game, Tunisia and Australia, I thought had nil-nil draw written all over yeah. it, and I was just wrong. Um, they didn't. Tunisia has been extremely disappointing. They've got a draw and a loss, or at least they've got a point to show for their performances. But... Overall, I think they have been disappointing. I think Denmark have been disappointing, honestly, a bit too. Uh, I know they were Zach's pick to go through. I do think that they still will go through. I think they'll they'll wrap up that um, <clears throat> that that second place spot. But yeah, it's been you know it's been just eh for Denmark. I think that they're a better team than uh, their results so far. Only having a point to show for it's not great. And Tunisia are definitely just exactly who they we thought they were. Yeah, I think a lot of people got on the, the bandwagon for Denmark there after the last couple of tournaments, and people yeah. having higher expectations maybe than we think. But still have a third game, and anything can happen once they get into the knockout round. Um, speaking of which, we go to Group E, which is in the current status in a crazy position there. We got 
Spain up top there with four, Japan and Costa yeah. Rica in the middle on three each, and then Germany bottom of the table with one point. Uh, the first match we saw here, Costa Rica with an upset, 1-0 over Japan, who definitely should have gotten something out of this game to set things in stone for them to go through and not have to worry about their last game against against Spain, which will be a long day for them. Yeah. Um, what do you think about this bounce-back result for Costa Rica after being embarrassed? Not what I was expecting. Uh, I bought in to Japan immediately after the 2-1 victory against Germany. Mm-hmm. I was like, these guys are going to come out. They're going to be amazing. They're going to look killer. You know, we're going to see another goal from that Doan guy. Kamada looked really good in the midfield. Endo was great with hold-up play and just bossing the midfield. Uh, not the case here. They got totally outclassed. And, you know, it was it was Keisha Fuller that got the goal in the 81st. It was definitely a late winner. But to be honest, I think a lot of the performance here, we have to give to Joel Campbell, strangely enough. He ran... Uh, the most out of any player in a World Cup match so far this year. He was great. He was good on the ball. He was good with passing. I think he was fantastic in that sort of attacking midfield role. Um, Costa Rica defended well enough after letting up seven goals against Spain, which was not something I expected. But yeah, a, a solid win for Costa Rica here. I was shocked that they would get a result. I, I really did think that Japan would win and or at least draw um but yeah kind of crazy here this was one of those games that i really didn't expect yeah nava stood on his head to close the match there mm-hmm. goal line save it was it was insane to end there matoma i thought off the bench did a good job people were wondering yep. why he didn't start um so now it puts them in a tricky position where uh a point does get them in as long as germany don't wax costa rica but i think they have to kind of go for it against spain there um it's gonna be tough uh, and then, like I said, with Costa Rica, I think if they get a point, they'll be through uh, as long as Spain beat Japan. But in that other match, we saw a 1-1 draw, Spain and Germany. Spain not as dominant as they were no. against Costa Rica. Got a Morata goal in the 62nd. Uh, and then Nick- Nicholas Fulkrug getting the equalizer in the 83rd there. Only 35% possession for Germany. Not something they see a lot, but... They had more chances on target than Spain, so that seems what's going to come down to. How can you counter uh, against all those passes? Uh, I said in the Costa Rica game, Spain had over 1,000 passes, only 630 in this game, big drop-off. But still, they were the better side, I think, overall. Um, Musiala from Germany has been a breakout guy uh, from Bayern. He's a breakout player there. creating a lot of their chances uh, and then the overall system for them the back is sketchy for me still that back line um, not a lot of pace not a lot of chemistry it seems like Neuer is being asked more than potentially he wants he would like to be of um, yeah and then Muller no goals yet he's been a consistent guy every tournament seems like maybe the age and the environment is being a factor on him he can't get going at all um, and they're pretty fortunate that Spain's attack is is historically poor when it comes to their strikers. Um, Asensio had a couple mares, Olmo and Fernand Torres didn't get on the score sheet, but out of all of them, like I said, Murata getting the first. He's got two now in the tournament so far. So um, what do you think about this result for both teams and going forward? I mean, it is truly shocking to me that Alvaro Murata has two goals in this tournament. Uh, he's like the number one of all time, just complete wasted 
talent career striker been all over the place been on loan spells he's been bought like 12 times he yeah. was at chelsea he's been at madrid i don't i don't even know where he is now is he at atleti yeah yeah so he's been all over the place it is insane to me that spain every year they've had disappointing tournaments in the last couple of years but they they are so good as a unit it never dies like like i heard you mention the death by a thousand cuts which is my favorite saying ever it does not die this tiki taka get the ball possess it play nice passes make sure that you're making the other team run just doesn't go away and regardless of who is on the pitch they're starting fucking danny olmo the guy is so slow and is looking effective in this team it's just unbelievable to me there is minimal pace at the back for Spain. It hasn't really been an issue. This full crew goal was just a bit of an oversight, in my opinion. Uh, Germany lucky to get a point. I think Spain were in the ascendancy for pretty much the whole game. They were a bit unlucky to not get a goal in the first half. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Germany, I actually do worry about uh, that, that back line looks shaky. Uh, Rudiger looks like he's missed a bit of a step. That Realm guy is really good for club, but uh, they're getting like a lot of their attack from him. He's He's been out and up on the flanks a lot, so I don't know. Their fullbacks are just so much worse than they have been in years past. We're thinking about players like Philip Lahm, you know what I mean? To go yeah. to, to Timo Carrer or Tilo Carrer to... You know, Philip Lom, like the gap is just, it's not even comprehensible. It's insane. So I don't know. I do worry about them. Musiala, who you mentioned, has been fantastic. He's been good. He struggles a bit in terms of finishing, but the rest of the team looks good. I think um, they need to make a move here. I think somebody else has to play striker. Fool Krug was better. I, I think leaving Havertz on the bench was a bit of an oversight here. He is a much better player than than Mueller is, in my opinion. And, and Havertz is a great player for Germany. So I don't know. I, I think things are just not as sharp as everybody thought they'd be for Germany. I know that the German uh, viewer ratings like in, in the country itself are the lowest they've ever been for any monitored World Cup in history. So. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the fans just aren't happy with this team or what, but when you look at it, it, it is a bit stale. I think with Gunuan and Muller right in the center of the park, like what sort of what sort of performances are you really expecting from them? Because Gunuan is great, but he's better in a in a holding role. And Muller is he's old. And I know he does it for, for Bayern still, but that's a farmer's league and you're playing against the best players in the world, best players from every country in the world here. Uh, I don't really think he's the player that can get it done. So, yeah, I don't know. Germany, they really gotta they gotta figure it out in this next game, and I'm not sure that they're gonna qualify at this point. It is Costa Rica. They will have a lot of chances. It'll just come down to a, a mistake, like against Japan again. Uh, yeah. A win and a win, and most likely they'll be in unless Japan can get something over Spain. Sp mm -hmm. Spain, 99%. They're probably in unless an absolute catastrophe happens against Japan. Um, so we'll probably see them move on, but yeah, it's going to come down to that last day for three of these, well, all these teams. Um, then we move on to group F here. We saw the first one, Morocco with the upset of the round potential here, two nil over Belgium. 
Uh, I think De Bruyne came out and said that they're not going to win the World Cup here. He thinks their time's past. The squad is a bit past their prime, and he thinks the hype's just too much for them at this point. Um, what did you think about this statement win for Morocco and where it puts Belgium? Uh, Belgium are shit. I think Morocco absolutely deserved this. They fought tooth and nail for this. They play a pretty shockingly beautiful style of football for a team from you know where they are it's a tiny little country they don't have a lot of talent but the guys that they do have fight really hard Masrawi and Hakimi both were fantastic in this game Romain Saiz had a goal and then we got Abukal with the goal in the 92nd he was a sub it is crazy to think you know there is there is a lot of talent on this team Buffal is good and this series does a really good job. He put in a great shift in this game. Ziyech, a talented player, underutilized for sure. Amrabat bossed the middle of the park here. And then Hakimi and Maserawi were both really good. That country is so small, and there are so many really, really talented players here that play all over, you know, in Europe, uh, going up against players on the Belgian side that play in even <laughs> better positions. Um, it's just, it's so crazy to me. I think... One of the only players that fights in the the center of the park for for Belgium is Onana. He was he was really good. He gets subbed off here just because uh, he's on a yellow and he's going to miss the next game for sure. I, I guess they weren't really happy with his performance, but on paper this Belgium Belgian team should just be so much better, and they're not. Bats not up to the task here. Hazard out of sorts despite a good game the first game, and then KDB man. Kind of mid, in my opinion, this tournament. So I'm happy that Morocco won. I was definitely shocked. I thought Belgium probably be able to get a 1-0 here, eke it out. But they just, I don't know. I know Zach was sort of um, singing Roberto Martinez's praise, uh, but he is tactically so fucking inept, it blows my mind. His inability to shift his players around and create a press when things aren't going their way yeah. is like so shocking to me. He has wasted 100% wasted the Belgian golden generation. Like it, it's done. Hazard is done. Bats is going to be your replacement for Lukaku, who doesn't have that much time left on the clock. You have Yuri Telemans, who's going to slot in there. But other than that, I mean, Mertens is done. It's it's crazy to me. KDB, he will play in the next next tournament, but his career is now on the downslope just because of how long he's been playing. It is truly unfortunate that Belgium have been so poor at this point for this long. Yeah, they're number two ranked in the world from FIFA, the highest they've so ever been. So fraudulent. Um, now they're they're sitting third on three points. It puts them in a must-win game against Croatia, who, in their match, got a 4-1 thumping win over Canada. Canada opening the, the scoring in the first minute from Alfonso Davies, uh, recording Canada's first-ever goal in a World Cup. Congrats to them for that. But the game, you still had another 89 minutes to play, and they got absolutely tortured. Um Race for Kramaric, goal from Levaja, and then Marja in the 94th. I mean, yeah. this was the Croatia we thought um, would be playing from 2018, and they absolutely torched Canada. Yeah, and it's all because of uh, John Herdman. He, he said, fuck Croatia. I mean, come on, dude. They scored too early, too. This That's exactly what happened. It was, it was just 
bad uh bad optics by canada here unfortunate yeah they're the i think they're the only other team at this point in the tournament that are officially eliminated from the mm -hmm. tournament with with qatar um so sad to see there they still have an opportunity against morocco to earn their first point ever in a world cup which is going to be tough um croatia all they have to do is just not lose to belgium and they'll be through morocco same deal as long as they yep. don't lose they'll be in um so yeah it's it's going to be tough between those three teams who has to leave after um the tournaments they've had so far okay we move on to the matches today in group g and h to start off we had in group g we had the highest scoring game oh but well i guess the most competitive game if you will 3-3 serbia and cameroon serbia going up 3-1 early in the second half um and then cameroon come back 63rd and 66th minute with goals six different scores i mean this game was end to end <laughs> yeah uh, it was the, awesome the sidelines were crazy uh, the second goal for cameroon was officially ruled off sides but came back and was given a goal the nastiest chip i've seen in a while oh so good i mean this is the energy you want to see in a world cup match you could see in the fans uh the african nations when it comes to um fan fan interactions and celebrations and just energy they're the purest and the best to see um and it puts them both on one point now um uh, in third and fourth respectively and both have tough matchups to potentially earn their their ticket to the knockout stage what do you think of this game overall oh man it was so entertaining i was up for this one i'm glad i was it was it was just fucking awesome to watch i love watching the african teams because they fight tooth and nail for every single point there is no there, there's just no low low work rates in these sorts of games yeah. it doesn't exist they fight and they're very passionate and serbia are another team out of the european teams they're not really a european team they're a slavic team but um another like they're extremely physical and these are not guys that are just god they, a lot of them do have god-given talent but they've had to really fight and okay. these games just always scratch an itch because obviously the goals are fantastic to watch but um just the physical play and making sure that everybody's marked making sure that the passes are going through where they need to go through and the fight it's just it's great and a 3-3 draw doesn't necessarily do anything for either of these teams in the group but they do have a chance now both of these teams have a chance to to go through in the second spot they're both on one point and i couldn't have asked for a better way to start my morning today yeah serbia have the more control in their hand compared to cameroon serbia went in there in um and then cameroon have to play brazil who are already through but a win in there they will be in as long as serbia don't beat switzerland um large enough so still anybody is in uh and then obviously in the other matchup we saw brazil pick up a 1-0 win over switzerland it didn't come until the 83rd minute from casemiro of all people uh, mm -hmm. switzerland not recording any shots on target but that brazil team man overall just absolutely work perfectly together from back to front the build-up is nice the interconnection and the flair going forward is quality and then the the the, the finish was superb there from casemiro uh a neymarless team still gets the job done fred slots in for him still with charleston up front got subbed out for jesus we saw um Guimaraes come in as well anthony rodrigo alex tellez i mean we can't say enough about this team there 
they're still carrying on their form. They're through to the knockout rounds, most likely as the top team. Um, and a Switzerland team that, respect to them, battled tooth and nail. They didn't let Brazil get too much of a momentum going for them. And they could definitely be a team that shakes things up if they can get into that second place slot against uh, Serbia come the last day. So um, what do you think going forward for both teams here? I mean, just, I don't know. It, it's going to be really tough. It really is. Um, there are a couple of games here, like a couple of matchups that I saw today where I'm just like not entirely convinced and this was one of those games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, Brazil are going to finish top of their group most likely and we'll play the second yeah. place team from group, group H, which could be anybody um, besides Portugal after today. So the other early match today, we saw Ghana get a 3-2 win over South Korea, puts them yep. second in their group. Um, strong there. They they end up against Uruguay, which is a bloodbath and historical or historically. Um, Saluzu opened up in the twenty fourth, and then we saw Kudus at a second before the half, and then South yep. South Korea in a three minute span getting a brace from Chu up top, and then Kudus put the game to bed in the sixty eighth minute. South Korea with a lot more possession and a lot more chances, um, showing the strength of Ghana just packing it in. Um, only having 36% of the ball, but they got the result, and that's all that really matters. Um, yeah. What do you think about this game here for both teams? Great performance from Ghana. Um, they're the team, actually, that I I had drawn for me in my World Cup pool. So there's like 15 of us or 10 of us, and we're doing 15 bucks. So whoever advances the farthest, whoever's team advances the farthest, gets the pot. What teams are in um, the pot? Are like they all not the top so dogs? So we took, we took out the top dogs. Okay. We took out like the top eight teams i think okay and then everybody else got one so um yeah i have ghana and i was actually really happy because i have a well it's a spot of disdain and also a spot of you know respect in my heart for ghana just because of their history with the u.s of but course. i i really do like this Ghanaian team i think that there's a lot of guys here especially i know i have a soft spot for thomas party even though he's an alleged rapist uh i i do really like his his play for arsenal Inyaki williams is another guy that i've always respected i'm i'm really happy to see him playing and in, in the kit with the black star on the front kudos really sharp great player from from the dutch leagues both iu brothers who i dislike immensely and then muhammad salisa who we've seen alongside um tariq lamptey who was yeah. once wearing an england shirt and is now wearing a ghana shirt so I love that. I love that kind of stuff. I like guys uh, who are playing for their home nation where they were actually born or where their parents were born. Uh, I'm not sure what the case is here for Lamptey, but I know like um, Hakimi is one of those players. He plays for Morocco, even though he was actually born in Madrid. He could play for Spain, but instead he opted to play for you know the nation where his parents are both from. I have a ton of respect for that. And I know the U.S. would be nothing if if we didn't have some of those import players, but uh, I'm going to choose to to not think about that. So I was really happy. I think Ghana fought really hard here. It's a bit unfortunate to not see Inaki Williams getting on the score sheet, but Kudus has been great for them in two games so far. I think their defense looks okay. Sun on the Korean side has looked like an absolute ghost. I don't know what's going on. I know he's playing injured, but... Apparently it's not bothering him. The you know the the face mask. He's looked ghostly. They got two goals from 
Cho Gui Sung here. They were good goals as well. But South Korea just not like not super up to the task in some of these games. They've had a really tough time uh, staying sharp. And I thought maybe they'd be able to get at least a point from this one. But they were just outclassed. And uh, Mohamed Kudus was, was able to get all three for Ghana. So I was happy this was a, another fun game to watch. Ghana in the driver's seat there in second. Uh, they yep. they end against Uruguay, who haven't looked the best so recently. Uh, uh, I think a point gets them through, as long as South Korea don't blow out Portugal here, which I don't think will be the case. But mm-mm. yeah, South Korea need a big win over Portugal to get through. Uh, and then obviously in the other game we saw just finish uh, an hour ago, Portugal getting a 2-0 in over Uruguay with uh, two goals from Bruno Fernandes, 54th minute, and then a penalty in the 93rd. Um, no sueys in this game, but um, should have been had a nice little shoulder pass in the first ten minutes, uh, almost leading to a crazy volley. Um, I've, I, I mean, me personally, I thought Uruguay would make a deep run in this tournament. Uh, they suck. The connection from back to front isn't there. The, nope. It's a very compact team that has a deep block, um, and there's a massive separation between the strikers and the rest of the team, and. Even when they do find those guys, their hold-up play isn't the best. I was heavily frustrated with Nunez's distribution when he did yeah. get the ball. His passing was poor, and they're trying to play Cavani like um, it, he's a decade younger. It's yep. they, they don't have the correct players for the system, I guess, they want. I think Valverde is doing all he can in the middle. Bentoncourt has been good too. Like yeah. those are the two guys that I, I every the two games I've seen so far have been like Bentoncourt and Val, Valverde have been the only two good players on the pitch. Yeah, it's just so tough for them. Still haven't registered a goal yet in this tournament. Um, I think they're only one of three teams with Mexico and Tunisia who still haven't recorded a goal in the tournament yep. yet. So it's looking tough going forward you're it you're asking a lot out of them to get a win against this ghana team who are looking great a top top but defensively they are one of the weaker sides in this tournament and this wouldn't be a better situation for your marquee guys to step up and have moments in this world cup to kind of get the morale going and to get a bit of of momentum into this last round of 16 but yeah, I mean, this game in particular wasn't promising. Portugal was controlling the game from start to finish. We did see uh, the left-back Nuno Mendes pick up an injury and had to come off mm-hmm. and was in tears. Um, sad to see there, but they still got the job done with what they had, and this Portugal team looks pretty good. Yeah, they do look good. Uh, Jal Felix, actual fraud, like top fraud. I know he scored in the first game, but he is just like so out of sorts every time he touches the ball um there was a chance really early here where the service was fantastic and felix decided to take the ball and take an extra touch to his outside and then try and cross body it into the near post like just just really brain dead shit that you wouldn't ever see ronaldo do ever and if he did do it he'd be able to get the ball even further across this body and probably into the far post just bad play i think from felix i think william carvalho has looked good um bernardo silva is doing good in a position that he doesn't necessarily play sort of playing like regular center mid he's better up top on the wing or out at cam uh bruno fernandez good ronaldo even good that first goal uh that fernandez he, he played a ball in a absolutely wonderful ball i should add ronaldo 
Well, credit for the goal. I think in reality did actually touch the ball with his hair. Uh, and I would know because I had a Ronaldo goal. I've done on the research. I think he actually touched it, but uh, the sports books are still sort of figuring out if it was a haircut goal or if it was actually uh, oh, wow. Bruno Fernandez's. But he looked great. He had two chances at the end. Fernandez, he probably should have converted both of them. Uh, two good saves there. One by the post and then one by the keeper. Uh, Rochette, who is actually not that bad. I think Muslera is probably better, but... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think this Uruguay team is like mega disjointed, and the Portugal team are definitely susceptible to a counterattack for sure. They got caught out a couple of times, but if you're playing against a team that can't score, like what does it matter how susceptible your defense is? Yeah, and I think their coach was brought in kind of last minute there from the last one. He's only had I think eleven matches uh, in charge. T- yeah, ten games. I heard that today. Um, they only they were I think his record's like seven three and one, but still, mm-hmm. I mean, it's very disjointed and. Um, I don't think any team wants to finish second here in this group because they will match up against Brazil most likely in the round of 16, which is a death sentence with a Neymar coming back most likely from that swollen ankle. So good so far. Like we mentioned, only three teams are punched their ticket. We still have another 13 to go. Um, I guess out of the remaining games for, for starting tomorrow for the third round of group stage, or group play, um, I, obviously besides the U.S.-Iran game. Is there a game that you're circling that you feel like is going to be the best one to watch for people maybe listening? I mean, I haven't even, like, I haven't even digested everything from today and yesterday. Yeah. Um, I think Croatia-Belgium could be a good watch. I do think that everybody needs to tune in to Costa Rica-Germany. One of those games is, is in Rubeff and the other in E. Um, Ghana-Uruguay should be an entertaining watch. I'm not too worried about South Korea and Portugal just because I think it's going to be, you know, pretty boring. Uh, Portugal doesn't really matter for them. And then South Korea, I just don't think have looked good. So, I mean, if you put a gun to my head, I guess Ghana, Uruguay, Costa Rica, Germany. Um, an outside shout, Cameroon, Brazil could be an entertaining watch. We saw how hard Cameroon played today and how really softly Brazil played. So that could be an interesting one, but... Yeah, uh, things. some things are already set in stone. Um, some teams have everything to play for, and I do think, honestly, I don't know how biased this is, but USA-Iran is, is probably the game for, for everybody. That's the one everybody's going to be tuning into. Yeah, that one definitely for me is number one, and I think a close second would be Poland-Argentina, I think. Oh, yeah, that's I think, true. I think Argentina potentially crashing out here would be sad to see for Messi, especially with, with Portugal flying so high, so... Um, you want to see him go as far and what well, I think I saw on social media um, this is besides what's happening on the field a post-match after Mexico I think a Mexican player traded shirts with Messi and yeah the jersey was on the floor and people were taking it like he was cleaning the floor or something he was just disrespecting the, the jersey if you will um, and, and Jose Canelo's come out and said if he ever sees Messi they're gonna have beef what do you think about all that? Because there's the whole rumors now that he's potentially signing with Inter Miami. I saw that today. It was an accident. Apparently, it wasn't supposed to be on the ground or anything like that. I don't know why Canelo's getting involved, but yeah, I did see that beef. I saw that this morning when I woke up. Like, I don't know. It just seems manufactured nonsense. Yeah, to me. I don't. I don't think that's all intentional. I mean, they're celebrating no, a it was big an win, and it's like you're not as a player in that. You're not even thinking of anything about that. You're just celebrating no. with your teammates and staff. So. 
I just think that was one ridiculous story I saw. But um, yeah, and it would be different if like Messi had a track record of being that way, but he yeah. doesn't. He's very unassuming. He's very quiet. He rarely talks to media. Like I don't know. He hasn't done. He hasn't been like that his whole career. So I don't really think that's like really sort of anything that carries any merit. But I did see that Canelo was upset about it. It wouldn't be hard to knock Messi out. I fancy my chances against Messi. Yeah, I don't think there's too much. As long as his, the, as long as his dog isn't around, that thing's massive. Yeah, it's bigger than him. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that concludes our our review of the second round and overall so far. We've already told you what our most circled games are for the third round. Still a lot to play for. A lot more crazy um, score lines. I'm sure that will come out of this. Uh, and then the Golden Boot race is still very tight. We mentioned Valencia and Mbappe lead with three, but. There's a couple matchups here where we could see somebody get their first hat trick uh, of the tournament. So um, until then, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, going forward, Evan's going to be recording his NFL show coming up but before our next World Cup show. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, and yeah, Evan, anything else to add before we close? Uh, that's it. Make sure you, um, excuse me, check us out on social media at Post20Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. That's it for me. All right. Yep. Thanks, guys, so much. Uh, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed your weekend of shopping online or in person. And, yeah, we'll see you next time. Take care.